to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. Today we are joined by Chessie from Squeegee and Inc, a very well-known print shop who specialise in screen printing and education. Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit more about how you got started, a bit more about your business um, and everything that you guys do. So do you want to give the listeners a little introduction? I'm sure everyone's really keen to hear who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, it's a screen printing studio, but we started as an open access workshop where we would teach. And then we kind of got pulled in quite quickly into commercial printing, printing for other people. And then like we've been doing T-shirts for the last few years and it's it's been like the main bulk of our work. And then um, I've always been doing things on the side, like supplying screens with images exposed on and film and educational resources on the side so we're quite broad but our speciality is screen print still yeah and how did you get started in garment decorating what was sort of the specific thing that led you into this industry because it's quite a specific thing to get into yeah for sure um so it came from seeing my partner at university screen printing like uh just wrapping paper and then she'd go and like sell it on the market at the weekend. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever, being able to get a piece of paper, add value to it so that it became valuable and then go and like directly sell it and see the whole process end to end. Um, and just being on the market as well, selling, I love all of that type of thing. So um, yeah, so we incorporated like craft and the excitement of making your own money. So that's how I got into screen print generally. And then we kind of stayed in the fine art kind of side of um, uh, like the graphic side of screen print for a long time. But then we just got asked to do a few shirts. And then when it gets into garment decorating, it's the most exciting thing. So it really does suck you under. And we just just stop getting so many art, fine art jobs. So, um, yeah, wearing your own shirt is even more exciting than seeing a, a print on a wall for me. So I think yeah. it's just dragged us in through through just being something that's really incredibly enjoyable to do day to day so that's that's where I got into it just getting asked to do it getting commissioned to do it and then um having fun with it and making that the main basis of our work I think I'm curious do you remember the designs that your partner originally was putting onto the wrapping paper you, does that sort of stick out in your memories we've still got one um We've given so much artwork to family members. They've even got it up in their houses still. So like, I, I think it's in my brother's toilet, which doesn't sound very romantic, <laughs> but, but it's like a, it's like a big framed. So she did a couple. She did some like scenes of London, like as a slice through. So you could see like the London eye all the way down to the tube. And then you could see what was under the river and stuff like that. So I know exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah. I've got my first screen print around the corner. It's a pigeon. It's like a color blend <laughs> pigeon. It's awful, but it's still your first one. So had to keep it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've got some really, um, I'll probably be a fired if I ever put them on Instagram, I think, but we've got, we have to keep all of our, because um, we do a lot of stock transfers, so we have to keep all of the examples. So we have a like historic record, say, so whenever we redid them, even if they're 40 years old, we're like, look, we've got the magazines to prove them. But um there's some very interesting artwork that used to go in 80s brochures yeah um, <laughs> as you can imagine um that probably it wouldn't get away with today i'm sure yeah i i even saw a recent post from you guys and it was like your old presses and i oh, yeah. yeah and you're like wow this like how much like having like the digital display makes them look so much more futuristic now and how basic that kind of technology was even so yeah, yeah, I'm glad that was our first press. When Rachel showed me the image, I sort of had to second, I had to do double takes. I thought, no, that's not something that we'd have ever produced, but it was before <laughs> Hotronics, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, even no. even some of the older Hotronics machines, we literally we could still turn them on and work. I mean, when we used to do testing and stuff for people when they send in sending like materials out, can it, can you put transfer? And it's like, yeah, we'll give it a go. But like, they're literally twenty years old because we got we've got can't justify throwing these things away that yeah, work, perfectly. work perfectly fine but they're very yeah. uh, they're very futuristic what some of them in the 80s and 90s thought like 2030 yeah. would look 
yeah they thought you'd just snap your fingers now and you'd just get dressed again in some kind of like robot outfit but it's not (laughs) i want to develop that much but yeah no it's it's a really exciting area to be in garment decoration and we've seen it even in the last few weeks where there's stuff that we can't do and there isn't Mm -hmm. the technology even around yet to do it yeah so we've got this particular clientele which is um nft owners so they want digital they want to be able to like scan their shirt or digitally display their artwork that they've collected mm-hmm. online on their yeah. outfit so there's like that area is being explored even now but in a few years it'd be like oh yeah you're going to add an nft to that or something and you're going to add a chip or like it's it's a little bit further along than qr codes but it'll yeah, become normal though that's the crazy thing at the moment everyone's sort of just getting used to it and dipping their toe in but like you say in a few years or even maybe sooner it will become something that's just expected as standard for um print shops like yourselves yeah exactly even like um when i was at uni i was exploring like augmented reality and qr codes and that seemed like the future and then everyone just ignored it for 10 years and now it's the norm again because of something yeah. like covid like putting it into the into the public yeah. yeah, 100%. There's always something to learn, isn't there, guys? But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then on the other hand, there's always something to teach people. So it uh, all goes hand in hand, I think. And that's something you guys do a lot of, isn't it? You educate a lot on screen printing. Uh, do you have sort of people come into you and do that, or do you do it online? I know your YouTube channel is quite big. You do a lot of video work and things like that. Uh, yeah, the YouTube, we're growing now. Um, so... We, we have honed, I used to do a lot of workshops, but then what I found was the people who were taking the workshops were just doing it like as a fun experience day. And it's like, I'm not really, a, like I can do it, but I didn't, it's not very fulfilling, just entertaining like a group who are doing like a Hindu and they don't actually yeah. care about screen print. They just want to like make some funny bags with gin written on them, which wasn't my thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work and like you're washing your hands 30 times and you're just like knackered. But what I've kind of like molded it into, and it has been through price as well and like structuring the day a bit is my workshops are for people who are trying to start new businesses. And like, so they're very focused on what they want to do in the day They've got like serious questions and and I can help them follow on with other things. So I can like guide them on what equipment to pick and that type of thing. So I find that much more rewarding. Um, And I've upped the price of it so that I actually get value for my day instead of just being exhausted at the end of the day. And then it's just done and then they walk out and it's complete. So, um, yeah, no, the digital digital courses are something that I'm pushing and we're, we're linking up with um some other big websites to sell them like as a product on their website as well so mm-hmm. it's definitely something that's that can build in the background where you can focus like a whole week's work making a course and then hopefully it'll keep generating um you know revenue for you for for years to come so we found a lot of value working on those types of projects i would agree with that it's the same for these sort of master classes we do here is it's really rewarding when someone comes back to you six months or a year later and we're like, remember me? Like we see often see a promotion, like, remember me? And like, oh yeah. And they're like, Yeah, I've, I've been I've been killing it now, my heat press is paid off. And or like in your case, like, yeah, I've been I've gone through X amount of screens this week. Um, I can't yeah. keep up with it because so many people want to buy my t shirts. It's it's really rewarding, like seeing that look on their face when they're like, Yeah, actually they they they've got that real buzz from being in being a garment decorator. Yeah, because the, the, I don't know a screen printer who doesn't use a heat press, mm-hmm. you know, that every all the screen printers have a heat press and they use both of those kind of like technologies together. So like me, me for example, we, we're doing uh, quite a big job this week where the guy's got like eight different designs, but we've just ordered our ultra colors. Mm-hmm. So we're doing all the inside neck labels, which are way too complicated to, to screen print. But mm-hmm. we know that heat pressing is like super complementary in certain in certain situations for us yeah. so um yeah i think you just need to but you have to explore all of these different possibilities of garment decoration to know which ones are like good and profitable and you can put into your own business but no i think yes. your re- resources are really rich now like mm. you've covered everything haven't you, <laughs> like, <I can't>, <laughs> you <must. laughs> yeah no yeah it's insane 
we've we just um visited um magna colors as well and that's mm -hmm. like it's opened up my mind again so it's like if you can't do it with screen print with magna colors plus soul or your you guys heat transfers then it's probably not a thing that's possible because oh, you've that's got everything story the other day wasn't it when you went there for the day and filming all the behind the scenes yeah i thought that, that looks, i was quite jealous actually that mm -hmm. looks really fun i wanted to go yeah i'm such a geek for factories and stuff and like even i would watch a video on like how pencils are made because i'm so intrigued <laughs> by processes and machines and yeah all of that you guys did a bit of a back i was i've always wanted to go and see you, your factory but you did a like a whole overview of how the transfers were made the other day and i must have watched it like three times like going, oh yeah okay so they are putting it through the different systems and stuff so yeah yeah, I'm very limited to what I can show of that because obviously majority of what's in our production studio is confidential. Um, but there are like slight snippets of it that I'm like, no, that looks really cool. People can see this. Like, this is fine. And it, do it does create quite a lot of yeah. for us, doesn't it? People mm. like to see the machines and how things are done. Yeah. Um, there are ways of showing it that don't obviously give away Oh, secret sauce. Yeah, exactly. So I, 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 they're kind of my favorite videos to do. But yeah, you do have to be careful as to yeah. not put in like the names of everything all over. Yeah, well, yeah. Even having you guys having that secret sauce makes it intriguing. Even if in the end it isn't very intriguing, it's kind of like you've got your secret <laughs> recipe. It might be really bland. But we were all like, "What is it then?" So but it makes uh, me laugh because all the behind the scenes videos are always the same. Like there's the same three or four parts that I can show. And I always try and film them in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, but it's always the same content, but it's a different, I don't know, mm. colouring or transfer, or there's there's something that makes it slightly different. Um, but it is, it's near enough. It's the same thing every single time, but everyone loves it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think um, as, as an industry as a whole, it's, you could, there's so many different scales to this. So you mm -hmm. could just go in as like, one person with like one little heat press and a couple of sheets of transfer doing something very bespoke or you can like scale it up to crazy levels so it's like an industry where lots and lots of different and like the broad spectrum of people can get involved isn't it so are you, are you finding like an influx in people now because they're doing like they're calling them like side hustles and all that type mm. of thing to try and it's been a, yeah. it's been really big. i mean even to be honest the last two two years it's just kind of the amount of people that started garment decorating businesses, but starting them with a niche, which is really good. So it's not just like people starting them like, yeah, I'm going to do everything. And then they give up after six months because they've got no focus. But actually, there's lots of really amazing art that's coming through. Now we've got the ultra color product because before um, I don't think we really had, I don't think we ever met before we actually had ultra color. We used to offer print and cut basically. And mm. print and cut is good for, some stuff but if it's not a circle or a crest it doesn't really look <laughs> that great um for an artist anyway um so now we've got the ultra color when you've got all that detail and all and even better colors it's like people are like okay now where they're, they're before they might have had an idea and they're like well i can't do it you know yeah. and then they're like oh i can do it now i can put it under a heat press it's easy so there's, there's lots and lots of people have started but they've all found a nice niche so they're not even competing with one another they're just like yeah i'm really interested in had a gentleman who's like, yeah, actually, I just do canal boats. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, that must be, what was that like? It's like, it's massive. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it was, it no, it was, it was like, sure. yeah, but you're like, okay, I guess it's, you know, there's, there's really sort of something for everyone to get stuck into. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, a lot of people doing side hustles. Um, you know, we've had quite, we get a lot of people watching our how to start t-shirt business videos in general. Mm. Um, mostly because most of the barriers to it have kind of gone. And then yeah. it comes down to the ones that succeed in the people like yourself with actually, they're open-minded about technology, but they're always like, okay, what's next? What can I do to improve things? <laughs> um, because that's, and that's kind of actually taking sort of love and care into what they're doing as well. It's not just a case of, yeah, this is it's a chance to make some money. It's like, actually, I, I do want to make some money from this, but I really love what I'm doing. And when I pull that t-shirt off the press or off the, or off the carousel and they look at it like yeah that's really cool and it's a real sense of satisfaction for doing it that way yeah i i definitely need to be reined in though because i think people should do these businesses as pairs because <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like i get 
distracted by shiny things and then M reigns me in and goes no we already know how to do this with what we've got and I'm like ah oh, <laughs> but I want to like I'm trying to force through well not force through but I'm heavily suggesting that we do like color changing ink on this next shirt and she's like mm -hmm. how about we just maybe add a little bit of puff because we've got it we know how it works <laughs> and I'm like ah so yeah I know there is this it's kind of like kid in a sweet shop but you should also be looking at um yeah what is profitable and what makes sense as a business as well you have to uh tamper tamper it down a little bit but yeah i'm such a geek i do get excited about all the stuff that you guys do as well like the high build yeah i still wear my high build top i've got it just there on the market so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no you get lots of compliments about high build yeah so it's a difficult one but also some of these things you don't get asked to do from customers because they don't know they're available. Mm -hmm. So that's why like doing our own t-shirt brand and stuff has been really useful because we can teach people the, the topics and techniques that we want them to learn. And we can like guide the artwork as well. Mm -hmm. So we can say, oh, this design will look really cool with like puff and high build and stuff. So we'll design that in. Well, you, otherwise we were just waiting for the cool jobs to come and they kind of never really did yeah um yeah often high build together have you done that before um not on the same side but i would i would molly if you if, if i was allowed <laughs> I, I would like if i'm in here on like a, uh, on a weekend when i'm the only one around i will do like high builds and weird stuff and push it a little bit and it doesn't always go well but then you know. just be clear on the weekends, like Monday to Friday, keeps in check. And then when it comes to Saturday, she's like, right, I'm going out for a day. Have fun. She, if, if she's at a netball tournament or something, I know that I'm in here with my crap music and my, my <laughs> studio. <laughs> yeah, literally the gate is locked and no one can come in and I'm just here with a, yeah. I, it's a mad professor type situation. But it is, it's, it's funny, it's like, it's not like I have no other interests, but my interest is print. So yeah. I do this for myself anyway. So yeah. I will make like a big edition of art prints and just have fun with it. Uh, but then sometimes you get paid for it as well. So it's all good. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what um, Darren was saying here. We had him uh, back for a second episode the other day, which by the time this comes out, would have probably already come oh, out. Oh, cool. Um, but he was talking about the passion and business side mm. of things as well and how he his passion as well as print photography. So on the weekends, he'll sort of go to the studio and take time and care over certain photos. But that's, it's work, but it's not work. And that's kind of a, a similar thing that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like, your passion as well. And I think you need that to fuel the business side of it as well. Because if you just get into a pattern of printing, the basics for customers, you lose that sort of, like you say, kid in the sweet shop, excitement, curiosity side of the, the business that keeps it going, keeps your passion alive as well. Yeah, exactly. So you have to. Sorry, I don't know why that's gone on. You have to work it into what you. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. You're not doing the path and high Um Yeah. No. Yeah. That's why. So that's like this weekend. It kind of it's like tiring, but it didn't really feel like work. We just did a tattoo convention selling the blind maggot shirts. So. Uh, that to us is like the most fun that we can have because we're at a tattoo convention, which is like our comfort place. We both got tattoos, had some beers, sold some shirts, um, did some good business stuff. And it was like, we're like molding the perfect scenario for ourselves where we're having fun, but also making money. And um, it's got longevity as well because you're building the brand slowly, even though that's kind of not really the the, the idea around Blind Maggot, but yeah, it's just like selling the shirts that we're producing as an overflow for the videos anyway. So yeah, good. definitely that does it is you guys just said something really important. It's like not waiting for customers to tell you what you should be working on, but carving out your own niche and doing the work that's valuable to you. Because mm -hmm. if you stand still long enough in a small town, they'll throw the little crappy jobs at you, which aren't profitable, but feel important at the time. Yeah. So yeah, it's um it's very difficult to do, but you need to wait for the you need to try and like hold on, white knuckle it for a little bit, and then the money will come when the jobs suit and you've kind of like mastered it a bit. Yeah. Would you say Victor? I mean, those that have not had the chance to kind of interact with you before, Blind Maggot was 
it's a, it's a clothing brand that you you have as well on the side but i, I yeah. think to recall you when you came in here the other, a few weeks ago you're talking about actually when you first start you first start it's actually more of like a, a test case just to be like this is how you do things yeah now you've started no. to create these festivals and had a fun time do you think is the is blind maggot evolving into an actual more of an actual clothing brand now or, or is it um it might be not more enjoyable i guess maybe yeah we're not really like making garments um to sell that do you know what i mean okay so we're like we're still making the garments as um the focus of the videos mm-hmm. whereas if we if we just wanted to push blind maggot we'd do stuff like paid for advertising and all of that type of stuff we might get like we might hire models to wear the clothes and get a photographer so we'd go down those kind of avenues but we haven't touched that um because i actually i do you know it's actually quite odd it's like when we started doing the educational side of the videos i didn't realize how much that would take off in terms of marketing Mm -hmm. because when you're doing like advertising people can see it's an advert and then they'll just flick through but if you're teaching something then they'll like engage with it and it's kind of the same with Blind Maggot because we're not like forcing it through as an advert, like, oh, buy this shirt, buy the shirt. It's so natural that we don't particularly, we're not like under pressure to sell the shirts. Yeah. So we're kind of really chill, chilled out on the store. We're just talking to people. They don't feel sold to. So then they're buying into it naturally. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, we've taken the pressure off. So they're not under pressure to buy. Yeah. We can We couldn't care less if they buy a shirt or not. And then they buy one. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like taking the air of desperation off yourself. Um, yeah. As it being your like main source and only source of income. Because uh, it does hang around people on the market stores. And they get like, they're getting no sales and they get like very jumpy. And they're like at the front trying to force sales on people. Right. So, yeah, it's like obvious. Like you're on The Apprentice, like two for one, three for one. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Um, I do I do like shouting on the store, like one one for 10, two for 20, because I know it's a joke, because it's not yeah. a deal at all, but I just like doing it to gauge reaction. Yeah. And I shout, shout it really loud just to wind up M, and she's like rolling <laughs> her eyes, hiding in the corner. But yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's we we love being on the markets and stuff, it's so fun, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, we're not really pushing it as a brand, but it might, it has it has taken over certain uh revenue in the studio that we can now drop that wasn't very yeah. uh, rewarding, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice though because you know, following we've been following the blind maggot journey from when it first started, but actually it's got a very authentic feel to it. So it doesn't surprise me that people are buying into, even if you like, it's not necessarily how it started, but because you every part of it has always been authentic. So yes. that it means that actually the art, you, you put a lot of care and attention to the artwork that goes into it, um, picking the nice blanks that it goes on to, that it means actually in the end, you've actually, almost, I guess you almost stumbled upon something like, oh, this is actually really rewarding. So like an outlet you didn't, didn't necessarily know you needed perhaps yeah yeah for sure uh it's now we don't have to do we can say no to almost every single customer job we only Mm -hmm. take on old i mean we only take on customers who we've previously had experience with now yeah and even those we can sift through and say like oh sorry this one isn't particularly for us or we're booked up even if we're not like actually like crazy to capacity we could technically do it but we're not we don't need it anymore so we don't have do it so it's much more it's much less stressful so we can actually mm-hmm. plan our day and get more done because you can't do like things like this like a podcast if if you know by 4 p.m the customer's going to be at the door waiting for their shirts and they won't even yeah. let them cool down before they take them so it's yeah it's just taking all that pressure off and it's so much more relaxing but i did do it for 10 solid years of grind <laughs> and oh yeah. yeah i was going to snap anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Kind of the dream, though, isn't it, to get to the point in business, not just in printing, but in any business or side hustle or what anyone's doing, is to get to the point where you can sort of pick and choose your clients and your business because you've hit that level, rather than in the beginning being sort of in need of any job that comes through the door, so you can get that experience and sort of get that revenue to keep going as a business. But you hit a certain point and you go, actually, this won't work for us. I don't really think this is right. It's kind of, I suppose you've hit that level now where, like you say, you can turn down jobs that are 100% for both you and the customer. 
Yeah, 100%. But it wasn't um, actually growing to a, like a, a level of revenue or anything like that. It was, um, it was joining up with our accountant, who's called like Annette Ferguson, and she's much more than a normal accountant. So she literally ripped our business apart. She wanted to see all of our accounts for the last six months. And that was terrifying because mm -hmm. I was just going through my accounts and just allocating wherever. I was just trying mm -hmm. to get rid of them for the day. And then I'll just be like, okay, I don't have to think about that for three months. Mm -hmm. But she was like, no, I'm backdating all of this. I'm seeing every penny that you spent for the last four months. And then it like just threw up all the stuff that I was wasting money on. Mm -hmm. And it was showing me jobs that I was doing where I was getting like actually no profit at the end of it because I've spent so long doing it. And it was so off piste. Like I was doing stuff like giant deck chairs and uh, water slide transfers for the ceramic industry and restoration, anything. Yeah. And I was proud of that vast range, but it's actually just, it's all like a mirage. <laughs> it's not good. I was just yeah. being, I was spending my time being busy on not profitable things. And thinking that I was making all this money, but I wasn't. I was turning over money, but it wasn't. There was nothing coming back to me. I was always yeah. in the same like money situation. So it was joining up with her, her revealing all my shortcomings, and then me having to look at it and go, oh, okay, I'm just going to work on the best bits and I have to leave all this other stuff on the table. It's very difficult, though. If you've got like a bill at the end of the month and someone comes to the door and says, oh, can you do three football kits for me? And I'm like, oh, I could probably charge like a few hundred quid for this or something. Mm. It's very difficult to say no to that hundred quid and then go, no, no, no I'm going to work on my tutorial videos because the tutorial yeah. videos will pay my rent next month and the month after. Yeah. So yeah, it is I, think it's, I think it's a really good point is actually when, if someone's like, so actually not even if they're just the first thing I'm thinking about starting, actually they're already in the midst of it. It's actually having that cost calculator, so you know, you know, one of the things we always tell people is don't forget to pay yourself. Mm. It's actually, a, and when it, especially, I mean, we see it most with people who are printing with vinyl, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you've got these loads of jobs coming through, and they're like, and like, okay, how much time are you spending weeding? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, probably two hours a day, and you're like, that's a lot of that's a lot of money, because you don't make any money weeding. No. So it's if it's just like a big design, you can just rip it off. Yeah, fine, it's. That's that's the, that's one of the best ways to do it. But if you like anything more than a minute per job is like actually you, you already start losing money on that job. Um, yeah, every time you pick out a cavity, it's not the good way to do it. So <laughs> it is true though, isn't it? But you, I, I, I know, to know yeah. when, when to like when to switch to screen printing, when to strict do transfers. Um, you know, like you're saying with the neck labels, you wouldn't want to. A lot of people do those with vinyl still. You like Oof, well, that, yeah. I can't pick all that out or school leavers or something like it's just. Just losing me, but I like I like weeding. It's very relaxing. No, it's not me. No, <laughs> it's, it's not relaxing. Look at your bill at the end of the month and realize how much time you've wasted weeding, yeah. and they soon won't do it again. But I bet people don't look at it in that way that you've just explained because I didn't think of it mm. like that until you just said it. So that's probably a wake up call for a lot of our customers. Mm. No, there's there are some harsh realities, and there's things that I hear people say over and over again, and now they're warnings for what I used to do and I can now see it in other businesses and people and what they say. Yeah. So like the first one is, is that kind of thing like, Oh, I find it relaxing. This is not a hobby or if it is a hobby, good for you. Yeah. But you need to get out of that mindset because this is a business now. So start treating it like a business. Yeah. Um, so do things like don't have your personal account and your business account together, separate them, make like make plans, track your finances, know how profitable you are and not how profitable you are at the end of the year every single week we know how much profit we make every week now which is amazing so mm -hmm. it all goes into spreadsheets and stuff and then the second thing is this phrase this is going to be like quite jarring for a lot of people because they probably just say it all the time but it's like oh my work my marketing is all word of mouth but what what that means is you're not doing any marketing at all and you're relying on what the universe puts your way it's kind of like going fishing with a big trawler net and then just seeing what you've got and then reacting to everything that comes in the net. And it's yeah. just waste and it's busyness and it's not good. Whereas if you're very hyper-specific, then you can target people, get the really, really good customers and leave all the, all the crap jobs in the, 
in in the town for the person down the road who doesn't care. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll do those jobs, yeah, and we'll um, we'll think they're busy, but they're just literally just spinning their wheels, and yeah. they'll go under in a few years anyway. But yeah, that's a, that's like really harsh thing to say, but I I personally think it's true, and it could have pulled, pulled us under as well. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that because I think that I think it is a really important <laughs> thing to learn, and that's you know we've seen I'd hear that from quite a few customers is actually. Well, you know, like you say, when you first start, you know, you might, yeah, do you know what? I'll take I'll take a bit of this, take a bit of that, because one, you need to just keep learning how to actually do printing of any kind, really. Yeah. Actually, once you get to that, you know, it's important for anyone in any job when they learn to say no to something. It's such a valuable lesson because you, well, when those customers start to respect you a bit more, actually, anyway, but actually, I think you find that it kind of gives you a bit more focus to like say to free yourself free your brain up a little bit to actually think actually that isn't the right job for me um but they you know i'll, I'll take yeah. the next one if i and if i do a great job with the bigger customers as well they'll keep coming back to me because i'm putting that care and attention and my skills into making sure they've got a 10 out of 10 job that way i think as well yeah the things that they need to hear aren't necessarily things that they want to hear mm -hmm. which it can be quite destructive to a business but like you say the harsh truths are the ones that you need to just be like right, okay let's just deal mm -hmm. with this and then it will benefit us in the long run rather than putting your head under the sand and being like no we're fine we're getting by week and week and and just ignoring it because like you say they are the ones that will go that will go bust in the end yeah especially now we're in, we are in a recession now so this is this is it you've got to if this isn't scary, if COVID wasn't scary enough, and if this isn't scary enough, then I don't know. Just, it just that you're not you're not going to be cut out for it, and um, you're you're going to suffer, and it, you might have a detrimental effect on like what you're doing to your family as well. So, um, I thought that was a really that was a big transition in our business too, because I used to rely on Squeegee just solely for myself, so I only had to support myself on it, and then when M came on as a director then I was like oh I have to sort myself out because it's not all my silly like things that I'm spending just silly money on here and there that it's affecting just me it's mm -hmm. affecting both of us so yeah. any decision I made I knew it was taking money out of her um, wages as well so that's that's why I'm saying like partner up with someone have like this uh, just like responsibility not only to yourself but to your business as a as a thing that you're nurturing and maybe to another person because it kind of, yeah, just stops you and makes you rethink about your decisions a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. Yeah. A big topic. And I'm, I read a lot of business books and I get a bit passionate. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> fine because you want to do something that um, Martin, the MD said here before, when he often tells it to our customers that come in, he says actually one of the most best bits of advice that he got was, um hire a financial controller or an accountant in your case before you need them yes because yes they'll pay them they'll pay off they'll pay i'm sure the advice that she gave you paid off anything way more than the actual money it cost to hire her in the first yeah place. Quite a quick turnaround i'm sure she, she found a, a ten thousand pound grant that i did not know i was i didn't even know it existed uh and she found it for me in a couple of weeks and i was like great well you've just paid for yourself for the next like few years yeah and then it opened up the grant train guys like there's grants there's so many grants we've got yeah. loads of them you normally have yeah. to like put a pitch up for them but i've got gazebos i've got like all the microphones the lights uh the, the gimbals everything like that there's money available from the government but it's like hidden in all these little tiny pockets yeah so writing there's just like there's literally free money accessible for businesses that fit in those niches. So there'll definitely be some for like, there's loads for like women, startups, um, if you're trying to uh, build technology into your business. Yeah. Um, there's lots of digital ones. So like helping people out with software. There's one at the moment and it's like up to £5,000 for software. So that could be like your digitizing software or there's just so much there that people just haven't tapped into. Yeah. So I'm I'm on those sites all the time now. Like it's it's just exciting. And then you just have to do a little video at the end saying, "Oh, this is how I used my thing, my grant." And you're you're not like taking money from anyone else particularly. You're just 
you're just showing that you're you're worthy for it, for it and you're going to use it effectively. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good point actually, because there's lots of you know it's it's always worth contacting like a chamber of commerce yes. or the LEP in your area where they're because they a lot of these businesses essentially exist to help UK business. Yeah. So yeah, like you say, you're not you're not robbing anyone because this money is is there to help people so that they can start off right and help accelerate those mistakes or you know actually start with the right bit of kit so they're not just gonna i don't know say they wanted to buy a carousel or a, a heat press but they can yeah. buy the right one so they're not just they're not got they've got the right equipment you're not going to have to send that stuff back to a customer lose money on that job etc so it by just giving people a nudge in the right direction it's a great way to get going i one of yeah. my past uh past lives was working for the department of international trade i was in the oh, marketing right. and same thing if people are um, looking to explore or do R&D. There's lots of grants available through again, Chamber of Commerce in different innovation hubs. There's loads of those dotted throughout the UK that just, again, there to help you succeed. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's a, that's a great uh, sort of nugget of information for anyone's listening is yeah, do look into the, even if it's just like, I don't know, a green grant to insulate your, your place of work or something like that it can all make yeah. a difference to you. Yeah. Oh, um, also, I find um, there's this, like it is a little bit of a different topic, but it's going back to what we said about like the educational stuff is that don't be scared to invest in yourself, because if mm -hmm. you've paid to go to university and OK, yeah, you might not pay to go to school and stuff, but you paid all that money to go to uni or college or something and you're putting all that money into your like mind and your education and then you go into your business and you just spend all the money on like equipment. And then you don't spend a, like a dime on your on your own education and your mind on how to use that equipment. I yeah. find that so backwards now being in this because I can we can like escalate people to like an actual level where they can print commercially within a few days. And so yeah. can you, like you've got your courses on how to use a heat press effectively. So why wouldn't you spend like 500 quid or like a grand or something learning how to make money? with the equipment that you've got instead of spending six months and maybe thousands of pounds because I've messed up jobs, heat press and screen print, and I've lost thousands of pounds. Thanks for listening to the Target Transfers podcast. And just a quick reminder to don't forget to hit that subscribe button, turn those notifications on. Okay, now back to the podcast. One of the so things I really want to ask you actually about, Chessie, was you obviously with Blind Maggot, you've been doing a lot of festivals and events uh, this year. Now you've got the chance to. How has it been... Um, going along to festivals has it been quite a fun experience have you learned is there anything you've learned you didn't expect to learn from uh, taking your products along there's there's a lot about that festival that i can't even tell you about because it's just a bit um x-rated with the <laughs> with oh my god the stuff we saw so yeah we we have the regular markets and they're very mm. like family friendly down the high street yeah and then we thought that the people who were buying off the markets weren't necessarily our target market because they're kind of like a little bit tattoo, a little bit skateboard. Mm -hmm. So we thought, well, if we're doing this well on the Newbury High Street, which is just like, you know, it's, it's nothing exciting. Then imagine what we'd do at NAS Festival, which is like, you know, skateboard, graffiti, tattooed people. Yeah. Um, so then we we did we did turn it, we did go for it because we also just wanted to go and see the music as well a little bit. Yeah. So we did prepare for it. We is is a lot of effort. Um, but again, like we did get a grant for like all our van and our gazebo and stuff. So it's not like a finance, like a huge financial obligation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we did, it's a lot of work though, putting it all together, like doing, figuring out all the display. And then when we got there, it was very lackluster, but it wasn't necessarily like, it was like circumstantial. So it's like, they were supposed to have about 30,000 people there, but there was only 10,000. Oh, Okay. And then this is just what other market traders along along the our side were saying. They're like, guys, don't. This isn't normal because we come every year and we wouldn't come if it was like this. Mm -hmm. And then when we were walking around the festival, the kids could like barely. They were eating our chips, and we were like, you guys look so hungry, just have our food because they were <laughs> not spending money on food and yeah. t-shirts. They were spending it on um, like other things. So it was just a very odd experience but i kind of yeah. don't want it to dampen our our thoughts on other stuff but then this weekend we just did a tattoo convention and we really we really did well uh so 
I think it helped us very distinctly learn our niche mm -hmm. that it isn't young teenagers and because they just haven't got the cash for what we're offering. Yeah. Like they were wanting, they were buying hoodies for each other because they were freezing cold, not because they wanted a nice hoodie. And our stuff is yeah. like a bit more premium. So yeah, it was a, it was a good learning experience for sure. Uh, and I just, I'm too old for camping now. It took me like <laughs> two weeks to recover. Like physically <laughs> I was just mashed. So I learned I'm too old and they're too young. That's, that's what I figured yeah. out there. Yeah. That's the conclusion. I've never been a no and now if i ever am in that camping situation i know to like peg my tent out and it's not like an extra because then generally like the tent falls in and then your right. whole tent is wet from the like condensation and stuff yeah so i woke up with a completely wet head and like shoulders from the tent i was just it was just pure grim <laughs> on that the sounds <laughs> I'd love to experience that. <laughs> yeah, and then go selling for 12 hours. No, in a heat wave as well. So everyone was burnt. So it was just, it was, I think it was like a few things coming together. It was like a slightly hellish experience. But um, yeah, it's okay. We education, sure as long as you can learn something from it, it's, that's yeah. the main yeah, thing. Like, I won't be doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even if it is that. Mentions when you can have a hotel, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were trying to book us in for some more, but we're like, um, we well, have no, to be. Yeah, yeah, I'll put a pin in it. But we are going to like book in for some conventions, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, excellent. Well, do you think you'd ever do sort of like um, live uh, decorating at events? Have you thought about going down that avenue at all? Uh, I've done some. Uh, we've done, I've been at those huge kind of trade shows in like those halls. So mm -hmm. I've done live decorating at those for corporate customers. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done a lot of, we often just bring a single arm press on markets and things and do mm -hmm. live printing. Uh, now the the audience has changed a little bit. It was a bit more family friendly when we used to do homewares and things like that mm -hmm. and artwork. But now we're into the t-shirts. It's a, The audience don't really want to like interact and like print a shirt. They just want to kind okay. of like be left alone to browse. So, yeah. uh, but I have done a lot of it and it is a real big crowd pleaser. Mm -hmm. You need minimal kit, single arm press, couple of screens. It's, it is definitely lucrative and a way to drum up not only um, attention on the day, but lots of inquiries from like, oh, who do you print this for other people? Or can you put this design on a shirt? They do kind of think like you can just come up with any design and put it on the shirt there and then. Mm -hmm. but um yeah no it's if you are a small town printer or if you rely on that local stuff getting a market stand in your local town that's literally like a little um magnet for inquiries and things yeah. that's what i would do if i was starting out again and that was my audience okay cool that's good to know mm -hmm. yeah um so one thing i wanted to ask you about because you know obviously you, you very kindly come on our podcast today that you're also a, also a, a podcast host of your own you have the squeegee link podcast yeah uh, which i think you're up to about 25 ish episodes now i believe yeah we finished uh season one so season yeah. two is coming in a few weeks so we've got we're just uh just slightly changing the angle of who we're interviewing a little bit more <laughs> but uh yeah no that's gonna be it's gonna be exciting we're doing new intros and things for that um yeah, what was the, what was the question about the podcast? Just how, <laughs> how, um, you know, I was wondering what, why you chose to get started, and, and just to kind of for anyone that any one of our listeners that might want to check out your podcast, what sort of uh, stuff you get covered on it? Yeah, um, so it is for is so season one is exclusively like studio owners in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, so they were basically people that we've built up like kind of loose relationships with over the years from just referring back and forth. Yeah. But then what I found is that they, those kind of people have such a wealth of knowledge that we can all share. And there's like this generation now of studio owners where they're, they're literally like of the same kind of like age bracket. Mm -hmm. And we're very open to sharing and telling people our experiences. Like we'll, we'll tell our, like what ink we're using and like what press and, oh, don't do that. It was so like sharing of stuff, whereas the slightly older generation are a bit more closed off about it. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of just opened that gate and now we're all like mates. <laughs> so we're like, 
I've got a list of, we get those inquiries that I don't particularly want or don't suit us. We can now refer to like studios that will bite your arm off for it because it is what they do. Yeah. So, um, for example, like there's a gym that I've had a relationship with for a few years. So I've just handed that off to one of the old podcast guests, for example. And they're like willingly taking it on because that's what they want. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like opened up a lot of those kind of relationships which are mutually um, beneficial. But it's also just really fun talking to yeah. people about shared experiences that you thought were just yours or you have never been able to figure out like a certain issue. And they're like, oh, just do this. And you're like, oh, for God's sake, I could have done that years ago if I'd have known. Um, so, yeah, the reason for it, we like making content. Uh, we like talking to people. And podcast is is easy once it's set up, but setting it up is awful. Um, <laughs> it was really, really hard to get everything together and make it part of our routine. But, yeah, you know, we're, we're on it now. And it's easier to like set up. Like I set this up in like a few minutes because obviously I'm not hosting. So I don't <laughs> have to get the balloons in like you guys for your thousand yeah. downloads. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving them up for as long as they last. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. make them there. I'm, I'm leaving them until they deflate. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it doesn't just like the one goes down. It's just like loads of O's, which doesn't yeah, make sense. Right. Right. No one listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one likes it. <laughs> no, yeah um no uh, and then we're doing because now you've got like the podcast set up it also leads on to you can snip that up as content for mm. like uh you could do the transcripts on the website to help with like seo and youtube shorts and reels and all of that stuff so making content for us is very important so it's literally part of our working day so it's yeah. just been a really good avenue to keep that going so that you don't have to be like motivated all the time it's just part of your routine so it becomes yeah. habit yeah that's it's actually much a really useful. good tip for anyone starting out because we we have done podcast episodes before talking about marketing and photography and content creation and one of our biggest pieces of advice is for business owners that are just starting out to just start with content your first one is never going to be perfect but the more you do the better you get um but that's also a really good tip is like you say the more you do it it just becomes part of your daily routine and then whether you use all of that content or not doesn't matter but you've done it and it's it's a habit now so if you do something and you go oh that would have been really good to have had on film it's, it's there and it's done and you can just edit it how you please so yeah yeah that's a really really helpful tip for mm-hmm. any new or existing business owners yeah and also don't just leave it to the youngest person in the uh, organization because that's also very lazy, and I've heard that before as well, because it, you need to guide that marketing. Um, and there's also little traps that you can fall into where you're like, oh, crap, I haven't done an Instagram post today. So then they just film the same thing for the 50th time, and it adds no value to the customer. Yeah. So, yeah, creating content does need to be carved out a bit in terms of like what you're actually trying to sell. So if you're sometimes you might have to buy in a certain top, like you might have to buy a Levis hoodie before Levis hoodie season, decorate it and tell people that that's what you do, for example, instead yeah. of just waiting for it to come in. Because, yeah, it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, you have to preempt the jobs and like you have to force it in. You can't just wait to see what happens in the studio and video it. You have to orchestrate yeah. it a little bit, script it a little bit. Um but I think all business owners have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a point where people didn't have uh, websites and now everyone has a website. And now there's there's people who didn't have any digital marketing and then they're just going to get eaten up by people like us, basically, who, if you Google like Newbury screen printers, we're like the first five pages now, not the first, we're not just at the top. So mm-hmm. There's so many videos. Yeah. You, can't, you can't get at us now. So we're, they're just, they're being phased out for new custom. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's it's competitive in a different way. And yeah. I think it's important to keep a hold of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think you, you're doing a, you guys are doing a great job with your Instagram and TikTok and YouTube because it's really, you're kind of, the way you're, you're approaching everything from a very authentic but very educational point of view, you're doing, just putting, good energy out there for a lot of it i think um mm. and i imagine that's probably a good a good reason why your customers keep going back to you because they probably see those videos and they're like yeah look 
I, they want to be working with people like you that are having a good time doing it, but also producing high quality products as well. It's, it's going to be a good feeling from that whole relationship and partnership they have with you that way. Mm, yeah, even but even making the content, it's kind of like a byproduct of it is that we're getting all the inquiries. Yeah. But um, other people aren't doing the education. If they If everyone else is doing educational videos as well, then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up as like an expert in the field. Mm -hmm. Like you know something that the other printers don't or something. So then if someone's picking between us and the guy down the road, we're setting ourselves up as the expert. So they want the expert to do the job. Yeah. Um, that's so there you go. It's, we're just winning all these little fights between customers. If you are seeing like local printers as competition. Um, yeah. So we're getting more inquiries than we can deal with because we're making educational content and marketing. Whereas other people go, they go, oh, we haven't got any customers or enough customers. So then they're spending money on their marketing on, you know, like flat ads or whatever it is that they're spending the money on. Um, whereas we're technically getting paid for our marketing because we're getting paid for our YouTube now, we're getting paid for TikTok. And so it's, yeah, it's just a different angle on it. Um, yeah. and it does pay off and um yeah i just do you know when you're in it and you're like why is everyone not doing this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what it feels like and i can just yeah. scream about it all the time and if they do it they do it and if they leave it then they're leaving money on the table so yeah it's up to them <laughs> yeah brilliant. well i think you've, you've offered some really great advice today jesse i really do appreciate um the insight you've shared on being a business owner because i think there's a few people that listen to this that will have that'll be some light bulb moments going off in the way that they approach not just their business, but their content creation that um, I think it'd be a massive, massive, massive help. Good. Sorry. Sorry if I come off harsh. I can't, I just get passionate. No, that's there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think we okay. all need it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Okay. So, I'd, um, but I would encourage anyone that's um, listening or watching to go and check out Squeegee and Inc because they've uh, got a fantastic website with lots of resource on there. Um, but do follow them on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook because there's a lot of really interesting content they put out there and they've got a fantastic podcast. Another one that much like ourselves where we are like, okay, well, there's no one's educating people on these things. Yeah. Podcasts are a great way to do it. So um, I appreciate the fact that you're helping, trying to help the garment decorating industry in the UK as well because I think that we all need to be doing more and more to do to kind of build this market up a bit. So, um, you know, Great job uh, from us for doing that. Uh, we really appreciate that. Brilliant. Thank uh, you. And thank you again for coming on to the podcast. I'm sure this won't be the last time that we have you on because there's, <laughs> we, we only got through about half the questions because we went off on a, a tangent, but a really useful one, um, the one I didn't expect to go on, but I'm really pleased that we did. So uh, thank you again for that. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to use my transfers now for my Let Enable. Okay. So we're all in a, like a cycle. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thanks, guys. And no if you don't uh, already subscribe to the Target Transfer podcast, please do that. Uh, we are on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And come over and follow us on Instagram as well, where we share sort of snippets into each week's new episode um, and sort of the key takeaways from each episode as well. So, yeah, make sure you do that. And we will see you next week. <laughs>